Motown Rundown. How are you? Today is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. As we enter a new year here as humans, we also enter a new year of the Motown Rundown. The possibilities are endless. And I will kick off the first Motown Rundown of 2023 by saying, this is our year. Whose year? I don't know. But it's someone's year. It could just be our year. It's my year. It's my year. That's what the year of the year of Ryan Collins. The seance. The seance to end all seances. It's like the summer of George. (laughs) Trent, can you look up the word seance for me, please? I I really don't know what you're saying. Is it like a sayonara type deal? Is it like seance? How do you think we would spell that? Or someone speaking into their phone before we move forward with the podcast? A meeting in which people attempt to make eye contact or make contact <laughs> with the dead. So not necessarily a seance at all for Ryan. Collins no, I think you're, I, I don't think you knew the word, but I, I respect I did not. it. It sounded like it was one of those words that sounded like it fit. Like I always do that with accoutrement. I don't use accoutrement properly. I always use it in terms of food, but I think accoutrement and Trent, we might want to look this up as well. Accoutrement, I think is like articles of clothing. Can you look that up, Trent? Yes, I can. And in the meantime, Collins, you just saw something that blew your mind. Oh, a guy from TCU just hit an insane three against Baylor. But no one cares about that. No, you're right. No one does. Um, Unless you're a Big 12 basketball guy. Big game, TCU number. TCU's only lost one game. What a year for TCU athletics. Dude, side note, the fact that they got Jamie Dixon, very good hire. I know that happened like eight years ago, but just, I don't know, I want to throw it out there. Do we have an update on accoutrement, Trent? It is. If I'm looking at the right word, <laughs> I think I am. Um, it is additional items of dress or equipment or yeah, other exactly. items. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I always use it in terms of like a coup. Well, maybe I use it in terms of like food. Like, yeah, I'm going to get a steak with all the accoutrement, you know, mashed potatoes. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you see where I'm going with that. Um, the butter sauce. The butter sauce. Um, anyway. What did you guys do for New Year's Eve? How was how was everyone's holiday? And here, you know what? You can we can pose this question too. We can pose this question as part of the banter. Um, the group I was with, I was in Chicago for New Year's Eve. Had a great time with some with some long term or long time friends. Um, I didn't realize there was this split decision on New Year's Eve. Some people think it's great. Some people don't care for it. They get just another day. What camp are you guys in? I love New uh, Year's Eve. Um, uh, I like New Year's Eve, and there's college football on it. That's great. That's that's true. It was nice. And people, the thing about it is it sucked when Michigan State did play on it. So if I was a Michigan fan, I would hate it. I hate playing on New Year's Eve, like if that's your team. Because in 2015, that was the worst. I hated that because it just completely ruins your whole night if your team loses. You know what I mean? You can't really – and some people, maybe it can go the other way. It's like – Whatever, if they lose, I can still make it. I think New Year's Eve is the most meh holiday ever. I'm more of a New Year's Day guy. Um, always have been, always will be. It's just, regardless if it's NFL or it's college football, New Year's Day is a top five eating day, I think, of the year. And people are like, Ryan, what do you mean? You have the leftovers, maybe order some Chinese. You just sit on the couch all day. It's the be- It's one of the best couch holidays ever. And you don't have to get a gift, and it's whatever. You kind of recharge the battery. I love New Year's Day. New Year's Eve is fine. I like New Year's Eve. It's nothing. It's nothing. I like jump up for joy. What'd I think it's like bottom tier of the holiday list. What would you do for New Year's Eve this year? 
Uh, hung out with my, all my buddies. Went out in Royal Oak. Watched the nice. games. It was fun. Nice. Trent, what'd you I'm do? Kind of, I, I think when it comes to New Year's Eve, I think we're at that middle age where it will get much better as we get older and the best New Year's <clears throat> are behind us, if that makes any sense. I think when you're in when you're in high school and college, it's a big deal. It's fun. And when you're a little kid, it's fun because you get to stay up till midnight. But then now we're at this age where I, I really didn't care to do much at all. I ended up going to a karaoke party with some high school buddies. That was a great time. Saying Love karaoke. Yeah, I sang three times. It was a lot of fun. Um, but then, then you just at like one o'clock. I'm, I'm, I'm home now. A lot of that had to do with I had to, you know, ride to Detroit the following day. So you want to make sure you got enough gas in the tank there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm a New Year's Eve guy. I guess. I think New Year's Eve to me is a lot of who you're with, like 100. percent Well, that's everything. Huh? That's, that's everything. Well, but I think that it, New Year's Eve with good people makes in, in the best part too is that generally because New Year's Eve falls within that holiday window where technically like people people do, do still linger around New Year's like the people that come in from out of town. So I was fortunate enough to where any of my friends that are in grad school or on break and any of my friends that were visiting in from out of town, most of them stuck around for New Year's. So to me, it's just like one final send off on the year to get the opportunity to, if you're lucky and, and assumingly more times than not, you get to see people that you don't get to see as much anymore because they're home for the holidays and you you wash out the, the, the last year and bring in the new year. Um, with a with a great group of people, at least that's what I have the privilege to do. So, but but Collins, I do agree with you, and and I, I think this comes to a larger discussion that we could also pull the public on. That New Year's Day, like that, is not when the New Year starts. New Year's Day is your day for R and R. You know, if you're you're nursing the hangover, you're getting some fluids in you, you're still eating shitty food because you're sitting on the couch watching football or whatever's on the Winter Classic. Might I mean the Winter Classic Classic was on. The second this year. Well, that counts as New Year's Day. Whenever New Year's is on a Sunday, they recognize it the next day. So right. So for me, I I use the the first of the year to sit on the couch in Chicago and watch the Lions game, which was awesome. Obviously, we'll get to that later today. And then the rest of the day I spent in the car. But then you get up and it's Monday, and you got to get right after it. And I've had I've had a couple good days in a row. So um, it's kind of like that scene for Major League where the the manager's like. We won yesterday. If we win today, that's two in a row. If we win tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So looking to stack some days here. But um, I'm glad everyone had a had a happy and healthy and safe um, end to the end to the new year, or I guess beginning of the new year. Um, today on the Motown Rundown, we will discuss two things. We have a little bit of Red Wings news to get to that kind of made some even national headlines yesterday. And, of course, we do have to talk about the Lions and how good does it feel to be talking about the Lions in Week 18 in a game that is incredibly meaningful with the asterisk of, depending on what happens at 4 o'clock or 425, in the Seahawks-Rams game. Um, but nonetheless, um, so as far as Red Wings news is concerned, um, we're recording this after they played the Devils at home. They lost that one 5-1. to one. Um, You know, I, I thought that the first period for the Red Wings – they were right in the game, um, but New Jersey has had a, an incredible season so far. Um, they're starting to put things together, and you don't get the job done. You lose 5-1. to one. 
Um, and, and the schedule, as I've said, doesn't get much easier. Um, you see Florida at your barn on Friday. Um, you welcome Winnipeg to town next week. So um, some big games coming up. The Leafs again at the end of next week. So um, big games coming up. But I think the bigger news is a, is a two-part newser here because I guess Red Wings fans can rejoice on one end of the spectrum here, which is the fact of the matter that Robbie Fabry, after his third knee con- or reconstructive knee surgery, was back on the ice tonight for the Red Wings. I thought he looked extremely well playing on the third line tonight. Um, and I also like the fact that they they've stuck him right on the power play. Just goes to show what an integral piece to this team Robbie Fabry is, is just kind of being one of those glue guys um, that can play in your middle six and, and, and produce, but he brings a little bit of edge to his game. And uh, I think even though he's not one of the captains for the wings this year, he definitely has a little bit of a leadership stake in the room. So I uh, thought he looked really good tonight and obviously haven't having played in uh, what feels like a whole year, uh, probably less, but um, it, it's good to see him back. So I guess a little bit of the, if you want to call it drama, sure that that came with, Robbie Fabry being being reactivated or reinstated to your 23-man roster is once that move was made, uh, the Red Wings had to make a decision of who to send down to the minors to fit with under the roster constraints. Now, a couple ways you could look at it. Uh, number one, and let's let's you know before we get into whole, the whole Jacob Vrana thing, you can you look at your goaltending. You have three goalies on the roster between Billy Huso. Alex Nadelkovich and uh, Magnus Helberg. So you can drop one of those guys. And if there was going to be a guy to, to, to send on waivers or to send down to the AHL, it would have been Magnus Helberg, who actually uh, backed up Billy Huso tonight as Alex Nadelkovich is in Grand Rapids uh, doing a conditioning stint. I believe the conditioning stint, I didn't, I never heard anything about Nadelkovich being hurt. Um, but I believe for a goaltender, especially, I think there might be some kind of rule that if you don't, appear in a certain amount of games in a certain amount of time, uh, your team is allowed to send you down without penalty to do a conditioning stint, uh, however many games that allows you to in the AHL. But I digress. Um, Other guys on the roster that you can look at too. I mean, Jonathan Bergeron, who you've just called up this year, who's looked very solid in, in, you know, the handful to two handfuls of games that you've seen him play so far. Um, Another guy that comes to mind, Joe Valeno. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, who's on, who's on IR, who's not, but, but guys like, you know, your Matt Luffs, your, your Austin Zarnax, like those, those type of guys that are those fringe roster players, um, that you could, that you could have looked to send down, um, instead in a very, very, very surprising move, the Red Wings decide to waive Jacob Vrana. Now for, for the people that might not understand why this was a big deal, um, I'll, I'll try to break it down the best I can. So basically when you sign a contract in the NHL, there's there's a couple different ki- kinds of contracts. I'll look at a guy like Taro Hirose first. Taro Hirose, to my knowledge, without having fact-checked this, but I'm 99% sure, Taro Hirose signed with the Grand Rapids Griffins on an AHL deal, meaning that he is has exclusive rights to the Grand Rapids Griffins. The Griffins organization is paying his contract, um, and – he does not count against the cap for the Detroit Red Wings. Now, if he were to ever be called up or the Wings need an extra forward or they Taro's playing great, they want him to play on the big club, the Red Wings would then have to purchase the contract of Taro Hirose from the Grand Rapids Griffins to call him up. So those are some you know rare cases. You're Brian Lashoff's another guy, um, I believe, that's under AHL deal with the Griffins. 
Um, but for the most part, when teams or when players sign NHL contracts, um, with some nuances and exceptions, there's generally two types of contracts in an NHL umbrella. You sign a one-way deal or a two-way deal. Um, one-way deal, I would, I can't think of whatever percentage. I mean, it, it could be 95%. It could be 90%. I have no idea. But your Crosby's, your Ovechkin's, your your McDavid's, your Larkins, all anyone who's anyone in the NHL is mostly signing a one-way contract. Um, you also have the opportunity to sign players to a two-way contract. So again, without having looked this up and, and doing the fact-checking, Austin Zarnick, Matt Luff are, are two guys that I would imagine are on two-way deals with the Detroit Red Wings, meaning that without penalty, without any kind of, of paperwork, whatever, those players that are on two-way deals can play in the NHL. They can get sent down as many times as you want, as often as you want, um, without without any sort of penalty against the cap, whatever. Um, that contract is being paid by the Detroit Red Wings. Now, the reason why this was such a big deal with Jacob Vrana is because when you decide to waive or send down a player to the minor leagues um, in, in the AHL, if you are on a one-year deal, I'm sorry, not a one-year deal, a one-way contract, stay with the Rabs, you got it, buddy, on a one-way contract, if your team decides to waive you, you will have to clear waivers, meaning that every NHL team in the league gets the opportunity to claim you, and if they play, they place a claim for you, that player then will become part of that team's NHL roster. So it's it's obviously a risk, and when, when people see this and they see Jacob Rana, who's just come back off the NHL Players Association Assistance Program, um, who, who's back with the team skating and who's in practice, and then you start to read that he's going to be sent down for his conditioning stint, and all of a sudden you see that he's being waived. And it raises a lot of eyebrows because obviously Jacob Rana is a tremendous player, and he's also making a lot of money for a guy that should not be playing in Grand Rapids. Now, there are two different ways that I looked at this move. And I don't, this is all, it's all speculation. And I don't really think anyone besides the guys that are making the moves like Steve Eiserman know what's going on and what the reasoning is for. But there's two schools of thought on this for me. Number one, which would be the worst case scenario is, yes, Jacob Vrana went through went through the proper training and, and got the help he needed for whatever issues he was dealing with. Um, but at the end of the day, um, whether you want to call him a, a problem in the room or someone that you know shakes up the chemistry, if the wings feel like he's a distraction, if the team has moved on without him and or, or Jacob Rana is truly some degenerate, horrible teammate, whatever, then Steve Eiserman might have waived him basically to say, you no longer have a place on this team until I can find a, tra a trade spot for you. You will either be outrighted to some other team or you will be playing in Grand Rapids until further notice. I will try to move your contract. I don't want you anywhere near our team. I am going to hope that that's not the case. And I think it's a little bit unfair for people to look at this situation, given what Jacob Vrana has been through this year and whatever it is that he's dealing with, to look at him and assume that, oh, he's a problem. They don't like him in the room. He's causing trouble. He's a distraction. I don't think that's fair. So the flip side of this whole thing to me, which I'm hoping is more of the case, and I hope eases some, some, I don't know, the ruffling of feathers for some fans, is that Steve Eiserman believed that given the cap constraints with the other teams in the league, that if he put Jacob Rana on waivers, nobody was going to claim him because they couldn't afford him. And any teams that could afford them, which are generally your teams that have a lot of cap space to burn, 
that are younger teams, rebuilding teams, that you would think that taking on a $5.75 million deal to add a good player in the midst of your season in which you're not doing well, presumably, doesn't make a lot of sense. So um, I guess the Wings, who knows if the Wings actually get their wish to say because I don't know if they really want Jacob Rana on the team and who knows what, what the truth is behind that. But nonetheless, they how are many years on his deal. Does he have left? Rabs? I want to say he has one more year after this one or two okay. more after this. So, but I, I mean, every, the thing that's kind of funny before you went in the program, he has been a very effective player at that NHL yes, level. Absolutely. So, um, very weird. Um, like you said, Rabs, I think it was more a contractual thing, but at the end of the day, it's still a fuck you to Verona. Yes. So yeah, I, I, I'm I very it. curious how this plays out. Maybe the wins trade them. Um, so, and people are like, but why would no one pick them up off waivers? Well, I mean, you can't really match contracts in a salary cap kind of league. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yep. so maybe it's even easier for a team to go get them in a trade than it is to pick them off waivers. Because like you said, Rabs, not a lot of team have five and a half to just throw around for a guy. Right. That, and, and the teams that do are like the fucking coyotes who, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they're not they're looking shit. to win. So, um, yeah, it's weird. It's really, really weird. And the timing is very, very weird. That tells me something that, um, I don't want to speculate because I don't know anything that happened. I don't think either side is happy with each other. So we'll see. Um, I don't think he's probably happy the way they handled it. And I don't think the wins are happy the way he handled it either. So it seems like they're not on the same page. I wonder if this gets figured out this year. So, yep. And it did, it did look like, and I didn't confirm this, but I was reading on Twitter that, that he, that Jacob Rana has scrubbed all Red Wings material off his Instagram account. So who, who knows, who knows, but, um, the, the catch of this whole thing of like of waving him to go to Grand Rapids, I, I do believe, too, that you can only consider a player on a conditioning stint in the AHL for so long. And after there, you are forced to essentially call him back up or 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 he has to stick in the AHL or something like that. But if you if you waive a player and essentially outright him for the time being to the minors then he can stay there for as long as he wants. So I don't know if they just feel like Verona needs to play like three games isn't enough on a conditioning stint. It needs to be more like seven to 10. I don't know. Maybe he came back and was out of shape. Um, you know, maybe he was told that he's like, Hey Jacob, we're going to send you down for a conditioning stint. And he was like, you know, fuck you. I don't need one. You know who I am. I'm like, let me just play. So who knows? Who knows? But He's still with the team, and the only thing that you should care about as a Wings fan is like, look, I I trust Steve Eiserman to do what's best for this team. If if Jacob Vrana is a problem in the room, if he's not on the same page with everyone else, if he's not buying in, um, then you know what? At least you have him back in your organization now. And as you said, Collins, you can make a trade, and if you have to eat some salary to get rid of him, then that's what you have to do. So the, the thing about it, Revs, is I thought he was part of the future. That's the shocking thing about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you know, as a guy that's, I think, 26 to 27 years old, maybe 100%. The problem is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And honestly, when you, I understand that, that Rams, but still, this is a little bit different of a situation. And it, it, the timing is very weird. So I, 
this is one of those things though. I, I feel like you, you're almost reckless if you are to like speculate what happened or whatever. Uh, all I can say is I, it feels like, I mean, like you said, Rabs, you have to stay in the ice. It's a part of your job. And, and either way, it, whatever happens, that's, and I hope he got right in his time off. Um, but what, I mean, a part of your job is attendance, especially in professional sports. And I'm sure he lost it. I'm not saying he lost. I, I don't know how, I mean, most contracts have incentives. So he's probably losing all of his incentive money and all this stuff. So, I, I mean, he's probably pissed that he didn't. But I, I, I don't even know how to display it because I don't want to step in butter, say something stupid that maybe I'm completely wrong about the wings or maybe I'm completely wrong about Verona. But very fucking weird. Very fucking weird. Yep. Um, I guess we'll have to keep tabs going forward. The wings are about to get healthy here soon, man. Like I said, uh, you know, I was. Yeah, but I it's was, not in a matter of abs. They're fucking slipping. Tonight well, bad. They are def- defensively. They have once again found this lapse of like uh, just the inability to to lock down in their own zone. I mean, the two times. I mean, I, that that Buffalo game, Horonic might have had money on the on the Sabers. Yeah, I mean, he's had a good year. I, I mean, I I'm I know, very, but very I'm just critical saying, of they have lapses. I'm very very critical of Philip Horonic, but yeah, I mean, now they're starting to jumble up defensive pairings. But um, they'll be getting Bertuzzi and Zadina back soon. Um, I don't know where Robert Hags really fired up about Sedina Rabs, right? Well, I actually did see him <laughs> on the ice this morning. I was at the office and the, he was skating in the injured player block. I actually watched, I did watch him get rolled up on by Bertuzzi and he was on the ground for a second. So I was like, oh, great, you're going to lose him again, too. And then he rifled the puck off of Magnus Helberg's ear and he was not happy about it. So fun times today at the arena. I don't know, dude, Philip Sedina, watching him play. In like the the injured player block at practice today, I mean, God, he's got he really does have superstar skill, but he is just not a very good hockey player. He's he's a he's great at hockey, but he's not a very good hockey player. I, I that's that's kind of how I'll put it. So who knows? Looks good I mean, in shorts. Yeah, looks good in shorts for sure. That's all that really matters at the end of the day, I suppose. So yeah, there's your Red Wings talk. They're back at home on Friday. They play the Panthers. Uh, another tough test. Another team that they. Um, could definitely use two points against without having to go to overtime because uh, the division only getting tighter. Um, all right, and with that, as we approach midnight here on the Motown Rundown Hour, um, let's talk some Lions. Let's talk some Lions. Uh, what an exciting game last week. Um, exciting? Not, it was a fucking blowout. Well, I'm just saying, you know, just to see their team get off the mat after laying an egg in, in Carolina – and the Bears have that really nice first drive, and there was that part of me that was kind of like, is this going to be a dogfight all the way? And it wasn't even close. Lions win 41-10. to 10. Uh, The Lions improved to 8-8 eight and eight on the season. Jared Goff, 21 for 29, 255 yards and three touchdowns. Jamal Williams, 22 carries, 144 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Just a great game. Dominant, sold-out crowd. Sounded like it was loud. Trent, you were there. Perhaps you can provide some insight, but... Um, just utter domination. I don't really, there's really not much to say about that game as it is. I know that the, the more pressing issue now becomes this coming Sunday, which I think we'll spend the majority of the time on. But for me, um, way to bounce back. They came out hot. They played hard. They dominated the entire game, uh, gives your, your lions fans something to cheer about, to cheer you off the field one last time at home. Um, and they, they took care of business. I mean, it was just like, as we were talking about, you know, like I think Collins, you had the bears, the cover, not, I mean, but 
uh, there's that looming looming fate always of like what are the lions gonna do here are we you're like you're looking over your shoulder for the boogeyman that is sol and they by the way i did bet on the lions the day of the game but um i did too when they went down seven nothing i took a live money line well what's it called when we recorded were they seven and a half point favorites six and a uh, six 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 and a half i don't know the number drop was moving down all week um this is a quick sidebar just for Trent, and this is very off topic. Um, Trent's a LeBron guy. Trent, how much? How many minutes does Max Christie get on the Lakers? I have not. What that's this year? I have not been super faithful to be completely. Honest. Okay, I have never not mind that. Lakers, because I used to do the Lakers team pass thing on uh, NBA League Pass. Oh, I, would I didn't watch know the that. Lakers like every night. But I but, mean, yeah, I'm once they the won their championship, team. I kind of was done. Yeah, I'm watching the Lakers and Matt Christie's any minutes and still sucking. So I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, Lions. Cool. Sorry. I, that was a huge deep derailment. No, you're fine. I, my thoughts on the game, Justin Fields absolutely sucked. And for some, what I, I can't do this. It was terrible. (laughs) He went seven for 21 for 75 yards. I don't get this. He has 75 passing yards. I'm just saying. That's not who he is. If you make them throw the ball, Collins, they lost by 30. Trent has no respect for him. No, I, no, I don't. But, uh, yeah, and I, I love have, that he doesn't. I love that you don't have any respect it's for very him. Because he's not a quarterback. He's he's like, he's not a – okay. And I don't want to get into all this. Who is he throwing the football to? Well, clearly fair. no one. He doesn't fair, get even close to anyone. The he, ball never he, gets close to anyone. All I'm saying is 75 yards with a 33% completion percentage is not NFL starting numbers. That's all I'm saying. For sure. I'm just saying. I like Fields. I think he's no, going to be good. He can sure run the ball. Um, As far as the Lions go, I loved seeing what, you know, just another master class as far as the offense goes, moving the ball. The Lions are, I'm sure you guys saw this, it's the first time in team history that they've had 4,000 passing yards and 2,000 rushing yards. Now, I do have my beefs here and there and my gripes here and there with Ben Johnson and the way he goes about calling plays, like sometimes not running the ball on first down, getting too cute on fourth and one, et cetera, et cetera. But in a vacuum, this is probably the easiest the Lions have been able to move the ball, certainly in our lifetime. And this is an offense that has had guys like Matthew Stafford, Golden Tate, Calvin Johnson, uh, Joyke Bell, shout out. There, there's been a lot of guys that can move the ball, and this is probably the best Lions swiftly moving offense, uh, no pun intended, in our lifetime. So I just – you set yourself up for a, for a nail-biter next Sunday, regardless of what happens, because as Dan Campbell said, there's one objective, and that's to win this game, as in the Packers game. It's us or nobody. And what he's essentially saying is whether or not the Seattle Seahawks lose at 4.30 – the Detroit Lions have juice for this game because they want to take the Packers out of it. So I don't know if we want to jump right into it now, Rabs. I don't know if I have any more thoughts on the Bears game. No, there's not a lot. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a throttling. I don't know what yeah. you want me to say. Hutch mm-hmm. looked good. Houston looks like he oh, – Houston awesome. looks so athletic. All he does is get sacks. That's all he does. Yeah. So um, last thing I'll say before we get into the game, the NFL completely fucked up this whole situation. The fact that the Lions are not playing on Saturday night – is insane. Well, hang on. Aren't the Jag- isn't it? Isn't it the Jags Titans on Sunday night or I, Saturday night? I mean, because why would they not have this team not knowing the Lions' playoff fate until the? Know what I mean? 
That's that's true, but I think I, they're banking else? on maybe the NFL's like rigged, and they're just bank, they got like the fixes in for the Rams or something. That's, that's it makes what, no what sense. My buddy said. That's what one of my buddies said. The fix might be in for well, the Rams. Why don't Why don't you think it? Look, they I look should at it. It, because if the the Lions are going to care regardless, Rabs, and I'm going to care regardless too because I would I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers make the playoffs. I, don't I would also love record. a winning record too. That's the other thing. No, 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 no. But obviously, yeah. the playoffs it means a whole different thing. Like it's a much more important game for the Lions. Obviously, we're not. I mean, it's not our first day watching sports. I'm just saying, why wouldn't they play it on Saturday night and then have the Seahawks play uh, on Sunday? I, I and is it the case because? I, I mean, what's it called? Is Seattle in if we beat the Packers? Seattle needs us to win, and they have to yeah, win. Yeah, that's that's why I think it was it's on Sunday because if no matter what happens in the ooh nice voice crack, no matter what happens in the Seattle game, if the Packers win, they're in. I I understand. I don't know. I just feel like the Lions. It's kind of a weird spot. I mean. I get what you're saying because essentially if you play the Lions game before the Seattle game, whether you're doing it on, on Sunday afternoon or, or Saturday night and have the Seahawks after, the winner the winner of the Green Bay game goes to the playoffs if Seattle loses. So either way, you're going to have one team playing for a playoff spot in whatever game you, you're looking at in the primetime spot. Like I, I, It just is what it is. I don't know. It, whatever. I. By the way, I don't feel I don't love that. I mean, how many have the Lions won one Sunday night football game in our lifetime? I don't know. Patriots? <laughs> I mean, yeah. serious. The Patriots game, yes, that was Sunday night. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Lions. What do you, are you guys confident? Because I think you're crazy. I I, I, I honestly think the Lions are a better team than the Packers. But you're at, I mean, you're just lying to yourself if you're confident uh, on this Sunday. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not, but we can get into it. I'm, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, thank you. Trent, I'm, you're making progress as a person. The fact that you <laughs> just said that. Way to admit, way to admit when, you're, uh, when you have fears, Trent. It's okay. Well, I just my, – my thing is, like, I'm not really – to no fault of the Lions' own, and am I not confident? I'm just not confident from the standpoint of the Packers have won two blowouts in a row. They're, they're, they're playing the best football they've played all year, and it's in Lambeau. So how, how can you be confident? I can have faith in the team and not be confident, if that makes sense. This game will be very close. Like I don't see a scenario where it's like we get blown out or something like that. But he's still the boogeyman. Yes, we yes. haven't. And to say that like he's we've ever buried him is not true. We've never beat him in a meaningful game. We really, really have never beat him in a meaningful game. Every single time we've had a meaningful game against the Packers, we've come up short. So it's think- it's terrifying. I think this goes back to what I was kind of trying to get across last week of the importance of all, of all this thing coming down to this game is, you know, of course it is, it is tough, right? Because there's so many layers that we can look at this. Like if the Seahawks win, right. And then you have no chance to make the playoffs. So like, what do you like, then how do you view that game? But for me, as far as your question, before we get into all of that, of like how we view the game and what I, what we need to happen, blah, blah, blah. I think you guys are right. I get where you're coming from. And this is what I was saying last week of like, we're, we're going to find out on Sunday night at Lambeau field, what this whole thing has been. I think that's what I was alluding to last week. Like whatever, whatever happens in that game, win or lose, 
you are going to find out what this whole season was all about. Because if if the Lions win that game, to me, I look at that and go, okay, what we watched for the 17 games before, or I'm sorry, 16 games before, including the one and six start. Like, this was a real team. This was different. They went into Lambeau on Sunday night against Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers, all he had to do was win the game to go to the playoffs, and you beat him. That, to me, validates that what we watched Good all year point, was not Rams. some facade. It's not some facade. They're a, they're a different team. They're a better team. And no matter what happens in the Seahawks game, if the Seahawks do their job, you tip your cap, you can't walk away from this season being disappointed. And I can't, I don't think you can walk away from this season being disappointed, period. But that being said, if they win the game, it validates to me that this Lions team we watched all year was the real fucking deal. It wasn't SOL. They didn't have us all fooled. They went into Lambeau. They finished the job. They do what the Lions never do, regardless of what Seattle does. Now, if they lose the game, is this season a complete failure? Absolutely not. It would be disingenuous after the one and six start. We were on this podcast talking about if Dan Campbell would even be here next year and all the people that wanted him dead after the one and six start. So if you go from one and six to eight and nine and you give yourself a chance to play for a playoff spot in week 18, you know what? Yeah, it sucks that you lose, but it doesn't make the season a failure. What it does tell you about your team is back to the analogy that Dan Campbell used in Hard Knocks. I talk about it every single week. That last little bit of losing, they have to shake out. Because come next season, as I said last week, come next season, no matter what happens on Sunday night, this football team has to make the playoffs. There is no excuse. Because you've shown yourself that you're good enough to beat up your division. You're good enough to compete with the rest of the league. You can score with the best of them. Yeah, your defense needs some work, but assuming you're getting a great draft pick from the Rams that you can spend on defense, and if you're not making the playoffs especially, you're getting another top 15 pick that you can use on defense or whatever you want to do to get yourself better. So am I scared going into the game? I don't know, because as you said, Collins, Aaron Rodgers is the boogeyman. He he is He is the final boss at the end of Luigi's Mansion that you've been playing the game for six months. You can't beat them, but you know what? You wake up in a cold sweat one night, you go downstairs and turn the GameCube on, and you're going you're gonna to face your fears. Is this the time that you do it? So I do I think that the Lions are better than the Packers? On I really do. I really do believe that the Lions are better. And, and as I said last week, as I, I, as I went on my soapbox rant of what, what it means to have a guy like Dan Campbell at the helm, it's for games like this. It's your team that's all about family and together and grit and heart and don't care what the media says, don't care what anyone thinks about us. We're going to go out there and play and do it for each other and do it for our city versus Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't even speak to his own family. That's, to me, where the Dan Campbell effect, <laughs> okay. you can see it You can see it come to fruition potentially on Sunday night. And it will be a lesson to all the kids of the world that if you believe in yourself and you work hard and you do things the right way and you stick together as a team and it's not about me, it's about we, you can overcome any talent discrepancies. Aaron Rodgers has not had a very good year this year, but you have to give credit where credit's due. In the games he's had to win, when this team has had to come together, they have been able to do it. And 
everyone has joked all year about like the Packers still aren't dead. They're still not dead. They're not dead until they're mathematically eliminated. And here's where we're at. So should the Lions be scared to go into play? Should you be scared as a Lions fan? No, you shouldn't because you're better. You've already beat them this year. And your team is the, is one of the hottest teams in the NFL and has is gone from a miserable, dreadful start where all they had to do was, was wave the white flag and mail it in, and they didn't. They banded together, and they've been winning some games for you. So if they do lose the game, and, and we'll see in what kind of fashion it is, I mean, then, then you know, Aaron Rodgers just can – has the rights to just abuse me and turn me over and spank me around, and he can own me for the rest of my life. That's And I'm, I'm willing to concede that to him because – He's been that good against the Lions, but we'll see. I don't I just don't necessarily buy in the same way that like people have this weird oh Tom, just just wait for the playoffs when Tom Brady turns it on and the Bucks like are going to do like you're no. It, it we're we're done with that. The Aaron Rodgers thing every single week they got to ask the guy about, you know, he's oh, you know, I don't know what what the plan is for me. I'm still thinking about this year like are you retiring? Are you what are you doing, dude? No one cares. No one cares anymore. I think the last thing on his mind is football. He's just a tremendous football player. He loves to win because he's just a son of a bitch and he very well could do it on Sunday. And if he does, you got to tip your cap that he just really owns the Lions like that. Unless the Lions go out and lay an egg, but they want it more. And they can do it. They can. You just got to hope that fucking Seattle loses, which makes me sick that the the, the Lions are going to fucking win this game on Sunday night, but Seattle's going to win too because I can't That's ever what, have anything. Rebs, and, and to make your point even, I, I think you hit on something that I was thinking of as well. I think the biggest sign, regardless if they have an opportunity to make the playoffs, which is probably going to be like a, 15 to 20 percent chance i know baker mayfield's looked better in recent weeks um i watched the rams last week they were awful against the chargers so hopefully they can figure something out have something to play for um but looking at like the campbell and brad holmes regime a win tonight is a springboard to next year and you can, Rabs, I'm very, I, I think you made a really good point here where you say it kind of kills the narrative because yeah. this is something Alliance team would not, regardless of what happens, going nine and eight, knocking out the Packers out of the playoffs on a Sunday night football game in the last week of the year changes the culture to uh, like, hey boys, we're ready to win the division next year. Like yeah. that is a bit, and, and I think with this nucleus, it's very young. Like this, all the, I'm not going to say their best players are all super, super young, but there's so much talent on this roster that's young. They haven't even scratched the surface with Jamison Williams. You'd finally get to see him last year when he gets the ball in his hands. He is so fucking fast. Like we haven't, haven't scratched the surface. He's not even playing, basically. Amon St. Brown is the second best wide receiver I've ever seen play for the Lions. He is fucking incredible. He yes. is so good. And he is the perfect slot slash possession receiver in today's NFL. Um I like the running back depth. I mean I don't know what they're gonna do this offseason, but like this is almost something for next season. And guess what? If the Lions have an opportunity to go to the playoffs, what I mean you saw last year the Bengals make the Super Bowl, whatever. To be honest, do we really feel like the Lions have an opportunity to win the Super Bowl this year? Probably not. That it, it is 
Ravs don't give me that look. I'm being serious. They, they haven't won a playoff they game. <laughs> I know. You know just what I'm saying? Like, you just got to get in. I, I'm, I, I totally believe that. If you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. I believe that. But if you go 9-8, and eight, even if you miss the playoffs, this is such a monumental game regardless of that stake. Making the playoffs is just a huge, huge bonus. It's not like – and just like point blank, fuck the Packers. Like seriously, yeah. I mean, this is such a great spot to just yep. piss in their Cheerios, and I can't. I I really hope they do it. And I'm gonna be honest. I said all that like positivity things, and that was glass half full. I do think we're gonna lose this game. I see. I, 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 my <laughs> brain has been washed my entire life. There's zero chance Aaron Rodgers lets me enjoy this. He will break right. my heart. That Miami game was such a like bat from the dead game for that Green Bay. He didn't even play that good. He didn't even play that good last week against the Vikings. They had like two special teams touchdowns, <laughs> uh, a pick yeah. six. Like that game was basically over after the first like quarter. So uh, regardless, it, it's Lambo, and we haven't really – we've won a couple of games there, but if you – like have we won a meaningful game in Lambo ever? Probably not. Like seriously. So, yeah, I, I – to your point, Collins, about this basically helping the narrative, regardless of what the Lions' stake is in next week, I completely agree because the Packers are still playing for everything. And if you beat, you know, they, they, for them it's simple. It's winning your end. So for them to come out there in Lambeau on Sunday Night Football, to your point, with Aaron Rodgers and try to win the game all out, bar none, balls to the wall, and for the Lions to shut them down even if the Seahawks win, that would be a huge narrative shifting win. So you and you did a great job breaking that down. So I don't have any more thoughts on that. What I will say is this: if you do beat Aaron Rodgers in this spot, regardless of if playoffs are on the line, you will never have to fear him the same way. It's like you got your, you got your punches in, you took them out, you let the Seahawks go. The Seahawks will love the Lions. It'll be a whole it'll be a whole thing where it's like. We don't view him the same anymore. We don't. We're not afraid of the boogeyman anymore, as Raps puts it. So, I don't know, man. I am, and and I want to clarify what I meant by. I cannot be confident and still have faith in the team. I have faith in this team to play hard. They're not yep. going to lay another egg. I think the egg came against Carolina, and sure that might, you know, stick in my craw a little bit this off season and whatnot. No matter what happens, because you could also just eliminate a lot of the pressure going into this game. But it's just like. They're not going – they're going to get up for this Packers game, just like they got up for that Bears game at home. And I have to – the one thing I did want to bring up, Rab, is about like the, you know, can I bring any insight about being at the game? They played an unreal, unreal clip from Hard Knocks with about two minutes left in the game and the Lions clearly had it. It was up 41-10. And it was the whole Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions will be the team that can and will. Oh, no, place, I missed it. The place erupted. Oh, my and, God. And I just – Oh no! I, I, I will leave it, it at I will leave it at that if we want to roll into the picks. I will. What's it called? I, need to see the clip. I wanted to say something. By the way, you talk about that Carolina game. I think the Seattle game is the most frustrating loss. It is. Game. It is the way things have shaken out. It definitely is. And it's not. It's not even because of that because the way they lost that game, they their defense was a complete sieve. Never made them punt. Never made Geno Smith. Yeah. And I don't know. Dude, the oh, fuck right, the Jets, by the way. Did you Collins. guys watch that Jets Seahawks game? Yeah, it was no. terrible. Mike oh, White my stinks. God. 
But Collins, to your point uh, in that Seahawks game, and not to not to rehash too much of this because that was the fourth game of the year way back in October. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like that was the bad, bad, bad young Lions defense. That team, that 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 unit has made so many strides since then. And it's like you look at, and I know that that unit didn't play well against Carolina, but you've seen the high highs of even this last Packers game where they held Aaron Rodgers to nine points at home. So it's just. If they're able to flip the switch and make some magic happen on Sunday night football, I just I can't imagine the excitement that's going to happen. The excitement that will be there in the city, regardless of if they make the playoffs or not, because like you guys continue to say and laid out so beautifully, if this team is able to finish nine and eight, that's a springboard in the next season. And then there's legitimate juice. I'm not just talking Trent Valley Kool-Aid special. I'm talking like there's actual juice going into next year. You have a good offseason, you see what happens, you get your guys back healthy. You get Tracy Walker back. You get Jamison Williams in a full offseason with Jared Goff and all, the, all all that stuff I'm talking about. So, yes, it all starts on Sunday night if you can just get a win. I uh, have this weird karma-like um, yin-yang deal that I thought about with the whole Detroit Rams thing last year because the Lions were all on board with the Rams – and trying to get Matthew Stafford to their Super Bowl, and I think the juju helped, and the Rams took care of business and did their thing. Now they owe us one. So I think somewhere in the ether and you know, up on Mount Rushmore, somewhere out in the wilderness, there's this force field that's coming. It's going to be behind – Angels in the outfield almost. That's going to help the Rams. That's what it's going to be. Rams in the outfield. Ever see that movie, Angels in the Outfield? Movie sure. sucks. That's a tremendous movie. One of my it's favorites. It's the worst out of all the children baseball movies. <laughs> one of my favorites, but I think they're going to be with the Rams this weekend because they do all the Lions one. And we'll do one last handshake. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure doing business with you. You got us. You helped us get in the playoffs. We got you a Super Bowl. Somewhat of a fair trade. So we'll see you later. But nonetheless, let's do the picks. Um, the records as we sit today, Trent, you are in first place at 17 and 11. I am at 16 and 12. Collins is 15 and 13. Um, the Packers are a four and a half point favorite at home. 8.20 p.m. kick on NBC Sunday night. Uh, winner gets in if the Seahawks lose. If the Seahawks win, the Packers can still get in with the win, but we don't want to talk about that. Uh, Packers are a four and a half point favorite. The over-under is at 49. Uh, I'm taking the Lions. I am taking the Lions plus four and a half. If they go down, they're going down with the fight. I can tell you that for sure. Um, over under at 49, I'll just give the Packers the benefit of the doubt of, you know, if, if there's a team to, to stymie the Lions' offensive attack, it'll be cold outside Lambeau Sunday night. I'm going to take the under in a tight one, um, but I do think the Lions will prevail, and I just hope that it means something if they do because that would also be so Lions – fandom can never enjoy anything if the it would Seahawks, be the biggest lions win since they won the playoff game if they yeah. win and the seahawks lose or if they win regardless? yes if they win the seahawks lose because right. even so the I, times even the times the lions made the playoffs previously they never had a situation like this right you know I'm what just, I, mean? I truly am on my hands and knees asking god just let me get me to 820 Please just let, I will, I am, I am more than fine to die on the sword. I, I, I will watch Aaron Rodgers proverbially burn down my house and murder my family in front of my face. Just let me watch it happen. 
please. Because if, if we prevail and I run in the house and save all the kittens and I come out and I'm unscathed, it'll be the greatest achievement of my lifetime. So please let Seattle lose, get us to 820, and give these American citizens who have been through COVID and, and swine flu and all these ailments over the years, you owe us one. So this is it. Get me to 820. Lions under. So okay, no. I'll take uh Don't, just please don't. I'm going to take the Lions. I actually Thank do you. think four and a half is too much. I, yes. I think whoever wins this game is to be by three or four. Um, I like the over, actually. I, I The Packers' defense is, like, weird. They have a lot of talent on it, but they give up a ton of big plays and super inconsistent. And in the past, there's been a lot of injuries all year, so they haven't really been, like, gelling all year. And the Lions' defense is, is what it is. They have a couple decent young players, and their secondary sucks. So I think Rodgers will exploit that. But I do think the Lions are going to move the football. I think the Lions cover four and a half. I, I, I just – my brain won't allow me to, like, objectively say that the Lions are going to win. I'm going to bet on the Lions. I, I'm going to have my Kevin Jones jersey on. I'm going to be ready to roll at 820, and I'm going to be – Rune like out. I just I see no scenario, no, and, and it's not even this current team. My mind is just brainwashed from years of damage, and I, I I will never forget that Sunday night football game in Detroit where Aaron Rodgers just ripped my soul out in the second half of that game, and I have not been able to recover since. So I I <laughs> I, I just I can't do it. So Lions cover. I think they lose a close game. Well, Lions definitely cover. If we didn't have a mortal lock segment, that would be my mortal lock. I, I feel great about this line, at least, because I could see it coming down to a field goal either way. Um, and, Rabs, you know what? The, for, for the sake of this being a competitive segment, the cowardly thing for me to do with you being a game behind me would just take oh my God. what you're taking. But I'm not doing it because I think it's going over. <laughs> All right. Over. That's I'll why you're Lions a legend. Cover, and I, I, I will take the over, so at the very least we will tie – and here's the the reason I think that is this. Yes, the Lions have have uh, have basically a top five offense in every category you look at. Um, it's been a top five O line all year, no question. Top three in yards per game, top four in points per game. The Lions, by the way, have a better offense in terms of points per game than Buffalo, San Francisco, Minnesota, and Cincinnati. So if anyone's it. it it kind of gets overstated. I've almost gone a little numb to how good the Lions are at moving the ball, with the exception of that one Patriots game, stupid game. But I will. I, I think the Lions will be able to move the ball. The Packers' defense is not good. That being said, I think the Packers will also be able to move the ball because they're playing at home, they're playing in the cold, and they're just – this Lions team hasn't been able to shut anyone down except for the Packers uh, way back in week, whatever it was, and I don't see that happening twice in a season. So I, I, I expect a high-scoring game. And I like the Lions to keep it close. And like you said, Rabs, just get me to 820. It would mean the world to me if the Lions are playing for a playoff spot. And if they come up a little short and they finish 8-9, and nine, they are still the team that can and will in my eyes because you know what? They started 1-6. and six, They turned everything around. They made a franchise what seemed like altering stupid trade and trading TJ Hawkins into the Vikings and haven't missed a beat. Franchise <laughs> altering. No, I, I'm saying, I'm saying at the time it felt like a stupid ass trade. Like we all got on here and said it was ridiculous. So it, it just felt like it was setting you back. However, you haven't missed a beat since he's been gone. My point is just get me to 820. I'm with you, Rabs. I, I like the Lions in the spot, but I will not be surprised 
no matter what happens. I think we have seen it all. I don't want to jinx it by saying that. I think we've seen it all at this point. There's not going to be a 10-second runoff. There's not going to be a Hail Mary. There's not going to be any bullshit that goes down at the end of this game. Trent, do not. Trent, Trent, please. What? Please. What, am I jinxing (laughs) Yes, please. I'm not that superstitious, but please. Come on. I'll be done talking. I'm done talking. Lines and over. I uh, I just I need one of you guys. We'll make a pact in the event that the sea if the sea if the Seahawks win and the Lions lose, obviously it will be devastating. I think if the Seahawks win, it would be really hard for me. I mean, it would be great to see the Packers lose. It would be super hard for me to be that engaged with the game. Like, oh, you know, I it's but I'll end with this. I'll end with this. I need to make a pact with you guys that if the Seahawks win and the Lions lose, I need someone to text me and just remind me that I've told myself that this season was a success. It was a successful season. There's nothing to be upset about and hang your head because, like I said, you're either going to find out that this team's for real and this season was exactly what we all thought it couldn't be as it went on, that it was a success, and not that it's not a success if they lose, but if they do lose, they're just not there yet. You know, they've got another year and they and, and we'll have to saddle up and fight this fight next year. You know, there's nothing wrong with with you, Ravs. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with retreating with the soldiers one more time. And and you got to do it that night. You got to you got to batten down the hatches and then you got to go full force next year. But I need just need Trent. I need you to remind me two days after conversation. Remind me we're going to be okay. I I, I know because I'll be devastated, too. But um, okay. Big big day on Sunday. Just happy to be here. Uh, Mortal Locks, before we go, almost forgot about that. The leaderboard, I have somehow pulled myself to 8-8. Eight and eight. Trent, you are at 6-10. and 10. Collins, you are at 11-5. and five. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to take – By the way, did you guys see how my Mortal Lock covered last week? Would you have Kansas? Yeah. Yes, I did. I watched the whole thing. I couldn't believe it. I had Oklahoma in the pick them, though, so – but that's fine. Glad you covered. Happy You're for you. Uh, TCU plus 12 and a half. Um, I, in my, in my bowl sheet here, cause I am so far, I'm so monumentally far ahead of my dad and my brother in this thing. And I can afford to lose this game. I'm going to take TCU in the bowl, pick them. Um, I think they can win. I really do. I I'm so like at this point, I'm just looking for something to feel good about. And I think TCU plays hard and they find a way to win. And I love Max Duggan with all my heart. And I'd love him to back up Jared Goff next year. Um, but right. I'm gonna take TCU plus twelve and a half. I love Duggan. He played so well in his Michigan. He had. I mean, he plays his ass. He plays his ass off. He's yeah, like, he if, had if, two like Josh... Neither were his fault. Um. Yeah. Rabs. I probably would have taken that too. It opened at thirteen, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you watch it, and I get Ohio State has the better like five star athletes in the trenches and whatever, but if you watched that game. Ohio State, they don't really do exactly the same as what TCU does. TCU has a lot more spread concepts. I mean, Ohio State's still pretty spread. I think TCU could move the ball on Georgia just a little bit. Like, I, I, And the thing about it, I don't think TCU's defense doesn't have the performance they had against Michigan where you get two pitch sixes and whatever. Um, I like that, Rabs. I, mine... We didn't mention Michigan, Michigan State play on Saturday at the Brads. Oh. Well, I don't even have it in front of me. Whatever the line is, take the over. Neither of these teams play that good a defense. 
I'll go look it up. If it's if it's around one fifty, take the over, and I what think you, it will okay, be. What do you think it is, Collins? Let's play that game. What do you? Let's be be a hand. I would say it's probably one fifty four. You think it's one fifty four? Let me go look if it's available. Regardless, it's, what it is, not I'm available. The over. I okay. and people will be like, "Oh, Brez, Michigan will get off to a slow start." I think regardless if Michigan State wins or if Michigan wins, there's gonna be a lack of defense in this game. Michigan can't guard any yards, and Michigan State has a bunch of them. Michigan State can't guard bids. That's all Michigan has, basically. So it's a very weird matchup where I, I think they can both exploit each other on the defensive end, but on the offensive end, they both feel like good. I mean, I, if I'm a Michigan fan, I feel good every time Dickinson gets the ball against Maddie Sissoko because he's either going to follow him or you're probably going to get a good look. So I don't know. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll check on that line as the time gets closer. Trent. Why is it not it up? up? I don't see it on the ESPN app. It could be on By the way, Dickinson, app. I do think he will get the worst treatment in a very, very long time for any basketball player to go into the Breslin. Like that, it's going to be ugly. Yeah, for, for the Hitler comments? Not for the hit. I mean, he didn't what, say whoa, that. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did he say about Hitler? He didn't say anything. He, he was. Marty Mush basically said that Tom Izzo was like Hitler's. That guy's an idiot, so whatever. Um, but just for the fact that he just he's a shit talker. And by the way, he could kind of back it up because he absolutely owned Michigan State last year. But I, it's going to be that uh, that crowd is going to be charged up on Saturday. By the way, I hate that they play this game so early. It's so fucking stupid. What time is it at? No, they play. It's not that they play at two thirty. I'm talking about the fact that they're playing on January seventh. Oh, both these, both these games should be around February, March. Stupid. I will be there, Collins. I will be in attendance. You're um, going. I'm going. Is on Saturday? No. Is uh, yeah, I got it. I upper deck is on. Still, that'd be one of those Still games where zone. it doesn't matter where you are. That place would be charged up. Yeah, I'm excited. Very excited. Best um, place to watch a game. By the way, Sadiq Bay just hit a three for the win to beat the Warriors. Thank you. At the buzzer. Thank that's, you, that's, YouTube that's TV. I can't watch that. So Okay, Sadiq Bay literally just hit a three with one second on the clock at the buzzer. Game over. Wow. Okay. What is B2 shooting for three? Because every time I see him put up a three, it goes in. Yeah, he's, he's also kind of ticking from deep. Okay, yeah. I'll go break that down next week. I'll I'll take I'll, I'll check the tape on that. I, mean, I am excited to get a little more Pistons involved in the Motown rundown since you know it's been uh, tough. Badly out for a while. By the way, yeah. people acting like Badly is like a big piece for them to tank. I'm like you guys watched Badly this year? I yeah. can't believe we gave him twelve and a half million. He uh, had double digits in seven of his last ten before getting hurt. Cool. I don't. My mortal lock. <laughs> My mortal lock for the week is, <laughs> for the hell of it, I haven't been good at this segment all week, all year. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna throw it in. Rams plus six and a half. Give me the Rams nice. plus six and a half. I don't know what it necessarily means. I, they could still lose by three. They could lose by six. Bro, by I, the way, I my personal, I will have personal vendettas against everyone on that Rams team if they just don't show up on Sunday. Like I have, I have a personal vendetta against Mike White and the whole Jets organization after last Sunday. And that's fair. That is that is. Fair. That was one of the worst performances I've seen by an NFL team. It was embarrassing. 
I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but Kelly Stafford put the Detroit Rams thing on her story. Oh my god, I'm so over it. I, I, I love it. I love it because as much as as much as we roll our eyes at it, I think it might be one of those little tiny. I, if Stafford things. was playing, maybe it's Mayfield. He's well, hey, I'm actually okay. that Matthew Stafford's going to come out of the tunnel for the Rams and play that game and throw for six touchdowns. I think Rams would like absolutely cry his eyes. Out. I would. I would. I would faint. I yeah. was joking today. I was going back and forth with one of my buddies. Every now and then, we'll like send each other like Dan Miller. Like we'll we'll imitate Dan Miller and just send voice memos to each other. Stafford under center got Calvin to his left. But he, uh, we were talking today. Like, um, could you just imagine if Matthew Stafford somehow suited up and took himself off the IR and just came out to finish the job for his Lions and right off into the sunset? Obviously, not going to happen. He's on the IR. We wish him the best. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, what do you guys think about that game before we end? Like, do the the Rams have a chance? I, I don't think the Rams are as bad as Sitz. I actually think the Rams are probably going to cover. Um, I just think it's like a motivation thing. I mean, what? I mean, I guess Baker Mayfield's playing for a job. I suppose I get that, but the the nice thing about it is that the Rams don't have their pick, so they actually have. Like them tanking, they have no objective to try and lose. Like, there's a lot of yeah. teams that, like, the Bears are playing Nathan Peterman because they want to lose. Yep, that's a good point, Collins. I mean, there's so no that that is a build. positive. But at the end of the day, I watched that Chargers Rams game, and they looked competitive for like the past like four or five weeks. But that Chargers game, they fell flat. Hopefully, that's the dud. All I can ask for is a competitive game for the Rams and give me some hope. Like last week gave me zero hope. That Jets, uh, the Jets were playing for a playoff spot too. Incredible. Yeah. Just terrible. Typical Jets. I will be. I will say this only thing I can take solace in. I just I love Geno Smith, but I just can't imagine him leading a team to a playoffs. Yeah, like something's got to give. This is where it gives. It's, it's just like really it's taking the whole season for for the the joke to finally be up. But yeah, like come on. I don't. Know. I I will. I will. I'm going to be the bigger man here for a second, and I will say this on the podcast, on the record. I have been a notable Baker Mayfield hater. I think he's a scumbag, loser, bitch, and I don't think he should be in in the NFL as a starting quarterback. I don't think he's very good. If Baker Mayfield leads the Rams to a win this Sunday and beats the Seahawks, even if the Lions don't win, I will disavow. I will disavow all my pre- my previous comments. Oh, I dude, retract- I might buy a Mayfield jersey. I will retract the slander, and I will come on here and give Baker Mayfield his roses. We will not have beef the rest of his career. I will do that. I'm willing to do that. For That's really big line. of you, Rabs. Well, everyone's got to do their part. That's the whole That's thing. That's really big of you. I ex- I'm expecting the Lions to go into Lambeau Field and do their job and play their ass off for me, the fan that's never seen a good Lions team. I will I will draw the line in the sand with Baker Mayfield and we will shake and move on. Or I guess unco- I will cover the line in the sand. There's no more line in the sand. It just hugs. If he wins, if not, I will double down. So this is the Baker Mayfield. <laughs> this is the Baker Mayfield. How does Ryan Rabinowitz view you in the grand scheme of things game of the year? This is a huge game for Baker Mayfield. I love it. That's fair. That, listen, that's what it is. And for all the people in Seattle who probably hate Jared Goff from his years in LA, they're probably thinking the same thing. If they're to win the game, the Seahawks, they then want us to still go take care of our business. They still want Jared Goff to go take care of his business. So that's an interesting thing you bring up, Rabs. 
That's just where I'm at. It's just a huge game for Baker Mayfield. He's either dead to me completely forever, or I will retract all previous slander on his name and his family. I kind of like Baker. I've said this before. He's I know you awesome do. You just look like he's a typical Baker guy, Ryan Collins. Sorry, I like good college quarterbacks. <laughs> That's about all he's done. He won all right. game in the NFL with the yeah with the yeah, Cleveland Browns. I remember that on the road against a rival. Yeah, anyone can do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, big game Sunday, guys. But that's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. Who knows if the Lions, if the Seahawks win on Sunday and the Lions lose, the podcast might just be over. That just could be a uh. one. Um, but nonetheless, that's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Join the conversation on Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown. We are also on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are exclusively on Spotify for the time being. New episodes every single week. Uh, Give us a follow, subscribe, rate us five stars if you like the show. If you don't, that's fine. Just move on. There's no reason for any negativity. It's 2023, positive vibes only. Thank you guys for listening. We love you very much. Biggest game of our lives on Sunday, potentially, fellas, ever in the history of the world. One pride. See you next time.